Welcome to Talk Purpose and Truth, shifting you into higher consciousness, a show that elevates, uplifts, and encourages listeners to grow, heal, awaken, and evolve. Eden and Kim include bold topics, interviews with inspiring guests, experts, and celebrities, intuitive readings, channeled messages, mental health awareness, and hot topics to expand your awareness. Tune in for unprecedented truth, authenticity, on-purpose discussions, and magical moments. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Talk Purpose and Truth. It's Kim. I'm here with Eden. Hey, Eden. Hi, Kim. What What's going on? <laughs> I know. I just noticed. I'm like, you know, Zoom is so funny because you basically, it's like you're looking into a mirror talking to yourself. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, and so it actually can boost your self-esteem if you can just like accept yourself and not be criticizing yourself while you're talking, Go, oh, I actually look cute. <laughs> um, but I was noticing, I just was observing myself. And when I did the intro, I noticed I was kind of like dancing in my seat and I'm like, oh, I guess I'm excited to talk about what, what we're, we're about talk to talk. About. Yeah, I know this is, this is, I am too. It's fun. It's fun. And, and let's try to look at each other instead of. I do. I do that too. But yeah, I don't want to be narcissistic, but I I just think it's funny that it is kind of like you're, you're doing mirror work. I love you to say that. (laughs) But I was saying it to you too. But anyway, um, we were going to just update. We haven't done an update on what we have been up to lately. And one of the, one of the cool things besides we've actually hung out quite a bit, Eden and I, and we, we don't really live that close. And I guess, to some people, it would be close. It's about an hour and a half, but, um, but with traffic in LA, sometimes that could turn into two and a half Mm -hmm. hours. You never Mm -hmm. know. The 405 is the number one most congested freeway in the world. I think they said, um, or at least in the U S but we have gotten to hang out quite a bit. And one of the things we did recently, I have a business coaching client, Sylvia, who does event planning, and she's real good at event producing. And she invited us to this red carpet mansion party that was promoting the combination of sports, entertainment, and fashion, bringing them together to connect and to promote different things and also to give a percent to charity. And so it was exciting because Eden and I got to go and um, some of the guests that have been on our podcast, we were able to invite. So Morris Hayes, Prince's 20-year musical director, who we've interviewed, was there and we got to hang out with him. He's an amazing, authentic, down-to-earth, great guy, dressed to the nines. And uh, we also had Cindy Cowan there, Hollywood producer, who's been on our show. Brandy Stillwell was a producer. And we had Kiko Ellsworth. We love him. And he's now being called Issei. And we got to hang out with him and, and spend some great quality time. And I got to bring my daughter, Noella. So she was excited because she got a lot of compliments and attention for what she wore. We got to dress up and It was just a beautiful experience. Um, The mansion was a $65 million mansion in Summerlin, California that has had a Britney Spears video film there. And the backyard is an ocean view with a polo field. And it was Mm -hmm. just, it was just really probably one of the most spectacular events that I've been to and had great food and great people. And, um, and so there were a few industry people and celebrities, and, and we got to connect with some real interesting men and women. 
And one of the guys I thought I recognized, I used to go to the Playboy Mansion parties back in the day. And I was like, hmm, I think, and Eden said, I think that's Tay Diggs. And I said, yeah, let's go, let's go talk to him and take a photo with him. So I go up to him and he's wearing glasses. And I say, you know, I met you back in the day at the Playboy Mansion. We met before. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah. And so yeah. we thought, and I, I started looking at him like, hmm. And oh, so you were had, already, you were already <laughs> suspicious. You weren't sure at that oh, point. No. Like, okay. Because he really, the reason why is because he was really hyper and I don't remember Biggs uh, being hyper. Okay. Well, yeah. So, but I was, you know, I'm, I'm like a, a fangirl for celebrities and um, it's always fun for me when I see them. Um, <laughs> so I, I was really excited. And so I'm going to tell you guys this fun story. What actually happened? What transpired with Tay Diggs? Um, so, yeah, so I was kind of the one Kim tells it differently than I, my experience was that I was kind of pushing her to go up to, to him. And I kept asking her, come hey, on. Guys. Let's go, let's go talk to him. So we finally found a, a moment where we were able to grab him. And um, yes, so she said the thing about the seeing him at the Playboy Mansion. His reaction to me was like, he just kind of laughed about it, but he didn't say much more. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. Um, so then we were talking and, and I was whispering to her, I'm like, oh, you should ask him to be on the podcast. And he was so friendly and, and he was like, um, he wanted to take a picture with us. So we took pictures and there was a photographer there. So they, they took pictures. And I, you know, the whole time I'm thinking, wow, Tay Diggs is so nice. And he's, we're taking pictures with him. And um, at one point I, I said, thinking like, why is he so hyper? I don't remember yeah. him being that hyper. Uh-huh. Okay. I was kind of like, why is he being so nice too? And he, um, not, not saying that celebrities are not nice, but he was just over the top, like mm -hmm. so like eager to talk to us and um, friendly. And at one point I was we were taking the pictures and I commented like, oh, I don't want to be on the end because I, I look better when I'm in between people. And he's like, no, you're beautiful. And he gave me like some kind of compliment. And I was thinking like, wow, Tate Diggs thinks I'm beautiful. <laughs> so, and I, I just thought it was funny. So or then um. Kim, I said to Kim, ask him to be on the podcast. So she did. So she asked him to be on the show and he, he right away, his response was, yeah, let's do it. And <laughs> I was, I don't know about you, but I was surprised. I was like, wow, well, that was easy. Um, and then I said to him, I'm like, well, if he's that easy, I'm going to ask him for his phone number. So I asked him for his phone number and he's like, yeah, give me your phone. So he put his phone number in my phone and we were with um, her daughter and also another person, we, a, a girl that we met there. And so the four of us were all talking to him. And so he, he puts his phone number in my phone, gives it back to me and I'm looking at it and he wrote his phone number and then he put a name in there and it was not Tay Diggs. <laughs> it, it was, I don't even remember what the name a was. A comedian. It was what? A guy, he was a, com he was kind of known. He's a comedian. We don't, yeah, need, yeah, to yeah. we don't need to say and put it no, out there. No, 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 no. I can't <laughs> remember anyways. Um, so I looked at the phone. I'm like, Oh, then I got really deflated. I'm like, this isn't even Tay Diggs. Oh my gosh, what are we doing? <laughs> and so, um, 
you guys kept talking to him as if you thought it was still, you still thought it was him. And everybody was really excited to have, be able to chat with him. And then, and the girl we were with, she exchanged her info with him as well. Um, and finally we were done talking. We walk away and I am, I pulled you guys back and I'm like, you guys, I have to tell you something. And then, <laughs> and then I told you that his real, what his name was. And like, that was not Tay Diggs. Yeah. And, he lied. He acted like I did meet him at the Playboy Mansion. <laughs> <laughs> I, but he didn't know that we thought he was Tay Diggs. I, I think, think he did. I, really? Because I thought he just thought, whoa, this, these girls are really into me, excited to meet yeah. me. I mean, he was still a nice guy to meet. He was just, he was just hyper. But um, yeah, Noella, Noella showed me pretty quickly that he was this comedian guy. And I'm like, oh, it looks like he's interesting. Anyway, but then he lied and yeah. he said, I'm about... He goes, I'm about to do stand up in 15 minutes at this event. He never did. And I'm like, why did he say that? So it was, it was interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a letdown, to be honest, but he was a it nice really- guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, just- I'm not a, I, I, I think I, because through the years, I have met so many people that I don't, I look at it more like, oh, whatever. They're just people. I mean, they, they, a lot of them have done amazing things. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I was kind of like, whatever. Like, I just thought it was funny. Yeah, uh, yeah you have a different uh, perspective on that thing, on that kind of thing. We had to talk about it on the way there in the car um, that I just get excited. And you you just look at them like, no, they're just human. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, Noella gets excited too. I was giving yeah. Noella and Ethan a pep talk in the car. Like, you guys have to keep it cool and not act starstruck. Yeah. And, yeah. So anyway, what? but we we've had some big people on this show and you never act starstruck. Oh, no, you do, you I do don't. In your school. Yeah. If it so, was, if we anyway. ever had Lionel Richie on, I would. Yeah. <laughs> She'd be like peeing your pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I was very excited to hang out with Morris Hayes because even though we've interviewed him on the show, I, I grew up, loving Prince since I was nine years old and you guys all know the story of that so it was cool like I didn't get starstruck but I just was like this is cool to get to know him like behind the scenes and he's such an interesting guy you know and he's very nice too like unbelievably anyway all right well we we have one other thing to lead into who we have here today Mm -hmm. so um some of you listeners will see, and if you want to go to our pages on social media, there's a picture of Eden, Lisa, and I. Lisa is our guest today. And we went with Lisa. Lisa was doing a reading with Eden and I. She does um, intuitive readings and she does spiritual coaching and she gets messages, you know, intuitively, sometimes in forms of channeling or messages come to her as visions, things like that. She'll, she'll explain it to us. But we went to this beautiful gardens in Laguna Niguel and we, Lisa had pulled a card earlier that day that said something about activating and opening your third eye. And we were sitting there and Skylar took a photo of us and we were just in our, in our power, feeling very connected. And there's this giant third eye looking light above us, like Mm -hmm. a, like a, spirit guide visitor orb and it's just so beautiful it looks like we superimposed it into the picture i know so i love it that was really cool to have yeah. that yeah 
And um, she did this beautiful reading with us. We'll have clips of it on our YouTube channel. And we're going to talk a little bit about it today. And there was a labyrinth walk. She does that with people like a meditation labyrinth walk where you think of something you want to manifest or let go of and you go through the labyrinth and then you do sort of like a ritual to let it go. Yeah. So that was also powerful. I yeah, enjoyed that was, it. That was fun. It was something very different. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so as I introduced Lisa Husher, um, I, I just told you what she does and she's had a vast different experiences of different things throughout her life. Um, with business and with what she does now. And I had, the way we met is I had been, you know, looking to do live events again and looking to do something with someone out in Orange County that is live. And I just didn't know who am I meant to partner with. And I was like, okay, God, you know, just give me who I'm meant to work with. And I just kind of let it go. And a few months went by and one day I was looking on Instagram and I felt really drawn to Lisa and I have never met her before. And I just was like drawn to her picture. And it was actually in the Laguna Niguel place with the labyrinth, the picture. Oh. And I was, she's in Orange County and she's an intuitive. Ooh, I'm, I should go to lunch with her. And then I just kind of let it go. And I was like, oh, okay, well, we'll see. And 10 minutes later, she messages me and says, this might sound weird, but you look like you're not your woo-woo, but not too woo-woo. And we could go to lunch together. And I was like, I was like, oh my God. Okay. So fast forward the last five months, we've gone to lunch a bunch of times and it's like, we've known each other 30 years and we finish each other's sentences. And we, we joke that we've never been yet in any sort of, we've never disagreed on anything yet. We're trying to, we're trying to find something. So we get in a cat fight. I'm just kidding. But, um, we, we basically, are launching high vibe soul sisters connecting circles in orange county next month and it came about so divinely like everything's just been put in place for us like it's just it's all come like it was already orchestrated and meant to be and we're just taking Mm -hmm. the actions based on what we're intuitively thinking you've been guided to do yeah Yes. And so I just, I feel blessed and um, happy to have her on the show. So we'll, we'll learn more about her today. So welcome, Lisa. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> She's so yeah. good with her, her, um, her readings. I met her after Kim did. She um, called me, um, Kim called me and, and said, oh, it, we were talking about you and Lisa has a message for you and we didn't even know each other. And she was right on with her message. And um, so she's just, she's so good. And I think it's, it's like just a a talent that she's um, starting, I think even more, I don't know how long you've been doing it, but you know what, tell us how long have you been doing this and how did you, how'd you get started with Jinx? Well, and you and you you brought up a good point too, Eden. Because while I've had this forever, and I've been pretty much doing it um, since I was a child, but really not knowing what I was doing. So um, now that I'm more mindful of it, and um, it's kind of like a muscle, you know. Now that I've been exercising it more, then Mm -hmm. like I. I basically, you know, went to, you know, it's, it's like I went to college in, in three days. It's just, it's really quickly. 
um, getting more and more uh, clear and more powerful and I'm getting more confident. Um, but yeah, I, so I, I've pretty much had it as, as since a child, my earliest days. Yeah, I can relate. I think Kim mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. We, um, and, and how do you use it today? What are you doing uh, to continue uh, strengthening that muscle? So as far as, as, as how I exercise or how I give readings to people? How do you, yeah, all of it. Oh, all of it. Okay. So as far as um, giving readings to people, oh, eat it. Look, I made you disappear. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I bent down. <laughs> um, I bent down to get him. The more, the more I do it, the better I get at it. So that's yeah. the exercise. So what I'm doing now is I'm taking parts of of what I'm actually doing when I'm giving readings, breaking that down, and then teaching people. Yeah. So that's why I've started doing more of the intuitive workshops. Yeah. Because okay. for me, um, when I receive information, I'm receiving information via photos in my head right? Like mm-hmm. so photos in my head. Um, I'm also hearing things, um, which is clear audience. Clear audience. Yes. Here. Um, and then like a lot of people, I also, um, I, I feel, I feel things as well. And I, you know, we women have the gut, gut, gut instincts as well. So I have the, you know, the clear feeling and the clear knowing going with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been using those all these years, which I hadn't known. So now what I do when I go through my workshops, I'm breaking each thing. So I go through, how do you, um, what is it like to see photos? So are you clairvoyant? So I take them through an exercise. Um, You know, first we are able to like identify, how do you receive information? You know, there's a lot of people that just feel, you know, um, they just feel it. I just feel like that's not, not the right thing to do. I just feel like I shouldn't go here or, mm-hmm. you know, they're hearing as they're driving. Oh, don't go that way. Go this way. So I think mm-hmm. what I do is if I go through with them and I first help them identify how do they receive. Right. Mm-hmm. And once we kind of get down to how are you receiving messages, then I give them different warmups so that they can take to exercise those things. I'm exercising those things via readings with people. Right. I'm using those things. Uh-huh. So, um, I mean, that's kind of the abridged version of it. But. Okay. So you're mentoring them. Yeah. It, through the workshop, I am. But what I also do is um, when I give my readings, I what I really want for people is for them to be confident in their own abilities to make decisions for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um to connect with their with their um, highest self so mm-hmm. that they don't have to you know we, we go around and we hear a lot of noise you know we, we have friends that are telling us what to do we have co-workers that are t- you know everybody's giving us their input that's based on their experiences mm-hmm. right? which are different than our experiences yes. so i'm teaching people to listen and to hear and to acknowledge themselves so that they can make better decisions for themselves. And when they do that, they feel more confident. They feel better about themselves. 
And you know, you know how it is too. Like when you screw something up, you're like, well, I own it. I'm the one that made the decision. I can't blame it on anybody, you know, or when you do really well, it's because you did really well. Mm-hmm. It's not because somebody told you how to do it. It's because you did it. So mm-hmm. those are the types of readings that I give. I'm guiding people. Um, and I'm just really bringing to the surface things that they already know about themselves. And they're actually hearing it. So, now, yeah. So, and that's, that's interesting. Um, I, do you think it's that they know it, but it's unconscious and you're, absolutely. you're bringing it to the, their consciousness? Yes. Helping, and yeah. Because they, the response is either, you know, that's dead on, like, oh my God, that's dead on because mm-hmm. they're acknowledging it because they feel that somewhere. Right. Mm-hmm. Or they're like, well, I, I always, I always knew that I knew that, you know, and they, and they were looking for validation. Yes. They didn't share it with anybody because they're, they're not um, confident in how they're feeling or what they're seeing or what's going on. So they're not sharing that. So a lot of it is it's like bringing it to the surface and then there's a validation to it. Yeah. Um, or, or changing the perspective, changing their perspective. So um, let me give you an example of changing some, changing somebody's perspective. Okay. Um, I was talking to somebody and they were telling me they had gone through some grief and they were telling me how um, now they're at a point where they don't know what to do with themselves. They're like, I don't know. I, I don't know what to do with myself now. I'm like walking in circles. I'm this, I'm that. They've got all this. And I said, oh my God, this is great. And they're like, what? What do you mean this is great? I, I'm, you know what I mean? I'm miserable. I'm like, no, you don't understand. When you, before when we spoke, you were lethargic. You were unmotivated. You didn't have mm-hmm. any energy, but you were grieving. Now, because you're he- you're in a next stage, you're healing. You're now have energy. So that energy is is being stifled, right? And so you're feeling anxiety. You're bored because you don't know how to um, you don't know how to utilize it. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh my god, that's exactly what it is. So so I, she went from something's wrong with me mm-hmm. to. I like, you better go celebrate because you're already in the next, you better write a list. What are you going to do? <laughs> so, so it's, it's taking that. I intuitively knew that she didn't understand what that was. And I brought that out, but then I flipped it on her a little. Yeah. Yeah. So you could see it in the way that it truly was. And it wasn't a negative situation. It was a right. positive situation. Isn't it? It's so, I'd love that when you can help people to have a different perspective on things. And, and then you, you can actually witness the healing taking place in front of you. Yeah. It's, it's one of the best feelings. I absolutely agree. Yeah. And, and for me and Kim knows this and, and you know this too, even cause we've, we've chatted, but like, and I tell people I have, I'm very yet. They're like, you're so positive. You're too, yep. That's right. Because I am positive because here's the thing. You, what we have right now, it's temporary. It's just temporary. Mm-hmm. You can either choose to stay where you're at right now, or you can move forward. And you have a choice. Are you going to stay where you're at if it's not positive, or you're going to choose being, you know, moving towards a positive direction? Mm-hmm. I choose, for me, when I meet with people, I always choose um, for them to see that that they can move in a positive direction no matter where they're at. 
Right. It's only right. only where we are at the moment, and that and that comes from that comes from my own life experiences. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and and having things happen to me where I thought I'm never going to get out of this. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I get it. Yeah. And, and finding I think, that strength. I think with yeah. intuition too, it's it's important to remind everyone listening because it's so common to go. Well, I'm not intuitive. I've never been intuitive. I don't know. I'm just not good at that. Like they've decided and it might be based on like a couple times they were wrong or someone told them that or someone told them it was weird, whatever it might be, but they have maybe a deep inner feeling like, oh, I want to be more intuitive or I have the possibilities I could be more intuitive. So I think that's great with what you're doing, because if you can just ask yourself for those listening, Mm -hmm. what are times that I have been right? You know, when I've gotten a nudge about something and I've been right or start noticing when you are right or when you do get a little inkling of something and you act on it or you don't do something because you're getting a bad feeling about it or whatever it might be and just start noticing, you know what, I'm beginning to be intuitive. Maybe it's that, you know what I mean? And I think that, you know, a good example is I'll get people that say, I'm not confident. I I don't believe in myself. I um talk in a degrading way to myself maybe that's like an old way of being and they've just decided like okay well then that's how I am and then let's say I asked them a bunch of questions did you enter that room feeling good you know did the people receive you well do the people at your work like you and think you're kind do you think you're kind and they go yeah and you tell them well you know what actually you are pretty confident you know what you're you're confident and you're building upon that and they go oh because a lot of times we're just stuck in the belief that we're not something. And so I think like asking those kind of questions digs them out of it. And they're like, oh, I can be someone who's intuitive or has these abilities. That's a really good, a really good point and that you ask questions and, and also too, being realistic. Because guess what? I'm not 100%. You know, yeah, I've got, I'm intuitive, I've, you know, um, I have, I can see photos, I can, I can hear things, but I'm not a hundred percent. So I tell people that right. you're not going to be, I'm not. And here's the other thing, when you're making these decisions and when you're trying to connect with your intuitive self, you have to remember that if you're in a place of fear or if you're in a place of high anxiety or you're not healthy, you're not well, there's a lot, you know, then you're not going to be, um, listening, you're not going to be hearing the right thing. So that's another thing is, is making sure that you get into, you know, even if you're driving or if you're, you're chatting, but get to a present state, try to find some balance within yourself so that you can hear clearly because, um, and I know for myself too, I know the difference when I uh, get triggered or I have fear or something's going on and then I'm trying to be, I can't hear or I hear something and it's it's negative and it's icky and I'm like that's fear. Mm-hmm. That's not intuition. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So there's a difference. And so that that's the other thing I really try to tell people give them a checklist. What you know, how do you know it's your intuition and how do you know it's not? When it's your intuition, you're at a pace of peace. You're at mm-hmm. peace, you're calm and you just know. You it's clear. Know yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not in an anxious state. Yeah. So um I don't know why I brought that up, but it, it. Yeah, it makes sense. And I know that you get, you've had people, and we have too, 
that'll say, oh yeah, that's too out there, that intuition thing, that's like channeling is weird and negative. And we were talking about that the other day and you brought up that scientists even talk about using intuition. So can you share how you describe that? Yeah, and I've started actually doing a lot of um, research too because I, I find it really fascinating and I want to learn more on how they're utilizing it. But, you know, they use it in the military and then also, of course, you know, in, in corporate situations too. But researchers and scientists say that intuition is the highest, would they consider it the highest form of intelligence? And Ooh. Not I, I must be really intelligent. Exactly. We all must That's be. Why <laughs> the three of us get along so well because, you know, we're like-minded. So, um, you know, the goal really is to, um, you know, especially like in the military or in, you know, corporate environments when, you've, when you're dealing with a lot of tech or finance, like left, a lot of left brain people, um, the intuition sits on your right side. So that's where your imagination comes from and creativity. Mm -hmm. um, so bringing, melding in those two right and left brain to be able to make uh, decisions quicker, more efficiently and better decisions instead of just really leaning on your analytical side, logical side, or just strictly um, intuition, which I make a lot of my, my decisions just intuitively. But really the best way is to try to meld both of them. Um, so yeah. they're really trying to teach that in those environments because it's, it's an untapped resource. And the people that are able to really excel at doing that they're better at sales. They're better in um, making. They're better as leaders, leadership roles. They understand people. I mean, it's it's just um, you know you become you're more successful. Yeah, mm -hmm. all, all around. Mm -hmm. And um, I can imagine that would be a great thing to teach doctors to use. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, I also think therapists. I, th I wish they would incorporate that more. Yeah. Um, and also, um, oh, no, I lost it. <laughs> I don't know. But people like that, I think if, if we could add that to whatever it is that people offer, I think we would have better connections with people, not just in relationships, but yeah. uh, in our in our you know, daily routine and everything, interacting with other people. And, and I think it just helped so many. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Absolutely. It's a whole decoding, the de decoding of non, nonverbal, you know, connection. Yeah. Yes. Right? How do you decode that? How do you, you know, you're in a situation and, and no one's talking. Well, how do you make sense of that? Well, you make sense of that through the body language, your intuition. How do you feel? How does this person you know, how are you, how are you feeling around them? How are you perceiving them? So to be able to do that in a more accurate form, um, you know, you've been in situations before I have where you're like, hello, like you, you see these two people and one person is, is talking, the other person's like kind of clueless and they're both like, one's talking about one thing and they're neither of them are like gyrating. You know what I mean? They're like doing uh -huh. their own thing. And I almost want to like, hello, <laughs> like raise my hand. <laughs> And be like, do either of you see each other? Because neither mm. of you are, you're both doing your own thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. That just, it, I don't know what it was, but it, whatever, something you just said made me think of also what I couldn't think of earlier. Um, I think it's so important to use that also in uh, in the police 
with police and and with law you know anything that they're trying to find who did it mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um just just knowing and i think they do sometimes but it's really about tuning into um uh, what that person might have been thinking when mm-hmm. they when they did that what were yeah. they going through yeah that's a really good point yeah yeah okay so moving on um what ways can you help people heal and connect with their ancestors? Um, well, a lot of the times when, let's say, for example, somebody um, has had somebody that's passed, is that what you're referring to or in that regard? Or when you mean ancestors? Okay. I think so. it both. Yeah. Pardon? Either. Like, I think it could be that they passed away and they want to connect with them or if it's deep, deep, deep back ancestors that maybe have a message related to whatever, something we inherited, something we need to heal from, you know, like ancestral trauma. A a lot of the times what I'm doing, uh, for me, that's kind of twofold. Um, Because let's say, for example, with the the ancestors, a lot of the times if it's it's way back generations, they're not, there's not necessarily maybe um, grief attached. There's more of like what you were saying, Kim, something that maybe is along those lines that continue through generations mm-hmm. and um we I, I see that actually a lot where i'll start with a reading and sometimes i'll have a picture of um i'm just g- giving an example where i'm seeing um like some type of royalty or i'm seeing let's say i'm, I'm seeing like an indian that maybe they've got cherokee background or i start from like a background mm-hmm. that i'm feeling or seeing and i and i kind of talk about um like um, I'm, I'm saying two different things. So let me let me give you an example. So I did do a reading for a young gentleman, and um, I said that I I saw three. I'm trying to remember because when I'm giving readings, I channel and I don't necessarily remember everything that I'm telling these people because um, it once it comes in and it go, it goes out. Yeah. Um, but I do remember saying I see I see three gentlemen with you. And um, I, I believe you come from um, some type of royalty, European. It was a Scottish. So I was trying to like nail. It. And he goes, he goes, yeah. Well, currently, he goes, I'm working with my brother and my father, and we do have a. I think it was like a Scottish. It was like a plaque or something on some cast, castle, something like that. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, well, that's really interesting. Let's like talk a little bit about it. So we talked a little bit about what he already knew about his background. Mm-hmm. And then we talked a little bit about what he was doing currently, right? And then we try to bring those things in together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot like his father was was continuing, you know, the grandfather thing and the great grandfather thing. It was a business, a business thing. So just sharing those things with him, like that, it was important that he continue those legacies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of, of of an ancestor type thing, but when it comes to um, healing and people that that have passed on that have been more of a recent thing most of the time those people just want to know that the person that's passed is in a is in a good place and is happy so that they can move on in their lives they can feel totally have a sense of healing so for me there's a little bit two different situations yeah that I've experienced. yeah and i think um the ancestor thing too i think we we repeat what's in our DNA. <laughs> Sometimes we wait, like I think an example is myself. I 
was born with a lot of fear. <laughs> and I didn't know where it was coming from. I thought there was something wrong with me. Um, I think later in life, I discovered that part of that came from my DNA from my past relatives. It, mm. was, it like repeated down the line. And, and I, I found that not only myself, but it happens in readings as well with me, that people mm -hmm. uh, come with something that's not theirs, an emotion that's not theirs, but, and they don't know how to separate it. So we, yeah. hear, we get to hear from ancestors that come through and they let them know um, a story about something they had gone through and generations ago. And uh, it got it got repeated in every generation. Interesting. Yeah. You know, that makes me think of something. It's probably controversial to say this, but I'm not going to say anything too crazy. But okay, you know, Noelle is into watching that '70s show, and she's also she's into a lot of like old soul type things, like Barbara Streisand, and she loves Meryl Streep and you know '40s movies and stuff. And so she loves the Mamas and the Papas music. And I mm -hmm. told her that the, the history of the mamas and the papas was the dad molested and like just a bunch of weird stuff, you know, even though the music's great. And, you know, they had children, China Phillips, Bijou Phillips, all those Phillips kids. Now on that 70s show, this was a whole nother thing. She's watching it and I go, well, you know, one of the characters is on trial in October for a bunch of counts of rape. And that's Danny Masterson. Mm -hmm. And so we, she's like, oh, why'd you have to tell me that mom? Now I, I look at, you know, we love the show, but we're looking at it kind of like, who knows if he did it or didn't do it, but it just makes you feel kind of like creepy. And so we look up who did Danny Masterson, who's married to him. It's one of the Phillips daughters, Bijou Phillips is married to him. So I'm like, she had a father mm. that was accused of doing that. And then now her husband is accused of doing that. So you, it makes you wonder is something attached there that is making those choices energetically well, yeah. happen for her. It's, and in those situations too, Kim, sometimes, you know, we gravitate, you know, we, they, how they always talk about how, you know, we marry somebody that maybe represents our father or, you know, we know it's comforting, comforting to us mm -hmm. and it's not necessarily always good, the good. Mm. Part. So yep. versus, Hey, so-and-so, you know, my dad was an alcoholic. I married an alcoholic. You know, there mm -hmm. are things that you are drawn to um, and, and it's a cycle. And then that's because that's something that you're, you're comfortable with and you have to break that. So it, right. not that I'm a psychiatrist or psychologist. I, no, you know, yeah, I, mean, it is, it I is have a degree in psychology, but I'm not a, I'm not a doctor of psychology, but. Okay. Going to that, what is your background? Like what else have you, I know you've done a lot, so you can't talk about all of it, but like in general, what are some of the other things you did before stepping into what you do now? So uh, yeah, that's a great transition because I actually, so my degree is in psychology and I was, um, interested in two parts. I was interested in cognitive psychology, which is the brain. That's kind of why I'm into the intuition thing. And the other thing is child psychology, because I had a parent died when I was two. And then my mom died when I was 21. So I wanted to be a child psychologist. So that was the path. Mm -hmm. um, but because I was an empath and I was very intuitive, which I wasn't quite sure, I would know too much. I would feel too much and couldn't separate things. So mm -hmm. decided that I needed to use my creativity in things for in other ways, even though that's what I was training to do. 
Mm-hmm. So um, my first business was actually in college. I was a senior at um, Point Loma University and getting my degree in psychology. And I started a clothing company after a, a girl. So it's Bratz Clothing. So I had um, a clothing company and I had snowboards and I did a whole sports line and was able to um, get my whole line into all the Nordstrom's um, in California and also Seattle. So I was able to do that my senior year of college. Wow. And yeah, went right into that. And so that just catapulted me out of um, what I was doing. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm an entrepreneur. So that started really when I was, what, what um, my mom passed when I was 21. So it was right around the same time, it was 20, 21, mm-hmm. where I had my first tape taste of entrepreneurship. So I did, I had a clothing company, um, moved into um, real estate. I got my my license in real estate and I bought commercial buildings. I had a, a retail store. So I did a mixed use at a, a store within a building that I purchased um, and then loved fashion. So I did fashion shows. I did um, all sorts of things with, with within the retail environment. Um, and then I just kept going on from there. And I really, the one thing that I was missing from um, being in fashion was the opportunity to help people. That was always sort of the missing link where I was like, okay, this is fun, but I'm like, what am I doing to make a difference in the world? Mm. And I really wasn't getting that um, from that. So, you know, continued journey, you know, got married, had a kid, got divorced, Um you know, I was helping other uh, businesses, small businesses open their business. So help them mm-hmm. develop their business and then open their business, help them with business launches and that sort of thing. So that did that for a long time. And then when I um, met my now husband, um, before we were married, we were talking about, hey, what do we want out of our lives? I said, I really want to help people. That's my goal. I keep, I'm trying to keep moving in the direction where I really want to help people. So he said, you know, my parents are getting older. Have you ever thought about like, you know, opening a company where you're helping older people? And I said, well, not really, because my background is really with children and young adults. So we talked about it and we ended up, um, he has a full-time uh, job, but we ended up um, opening up a home care company. So I um, launched a home care company. I had a hundred and over a hundred employees. Um, we had over 50, 50 plus clients. Um, and we cared, we had caregivers go in and care for people. Um, Mm -hmm. and we had that company for over four years and I sold the company in 2014 to another franchise and they bought it and they're still operating here in, Mm. uh, in Orange County. So it still exists. And that was really rewarding. Um, but I did get into the same problem as I got into when I was counseling, when I wanted to work with children, which was, I felt too much. I heard too much. I saw too much. Mm. So I couldn't separate enough. So mm-hmm. that was the second time that that happened and I wanted to help people. So that's kind of, you know, over the past few years thinking about how can I do that without um, draining myself? You know, how, how can I do that and have boundaries and we, you know, I discussed this with some friends and with my husband and I said, you know, I really need to share who I really am. I really need to put it out there because part of me feeling all those things is repressing, you know, mm-hmm. being intuitive, 
feeling other people's emotions, understanding what they're going through and really, and, and kind of holding that in because I couldn't mm -hmm. say, you know, I know how you feel and this is why. Um, so since I started really putting that out there and sharing my abilities with other people and, and doing readings and doing these workshops, I find that my energy has soared. I'm not absorbing all of that because I'm allowing it to now leave me instead of, you know, staying mm -hmm. inside. Um, so it's taken a long time, but um, I finally have come to a point where I now take all of my past experiences and my talents and my skills, and I feel like they've all come together. Mm -hmm. And um, now this is a sort of like my, my true, true calling. Yeah. yeah. It took you a, a bunch of time. a bunch of no, I'm not gonna say a long time. It took you a bunch of tries. You tried so many different things, but you kept being brought back to you, <laughs> like yourself. Really, you know, get to where you are now. And I think you're finally at that point where you're doing what you're being called to do. That's such a great point, Eden. And thank you for bringing that up because that really makes things. Um, it really shows me that, you know what, here's the thing. You will find yourself, mm -hmm. right? You can't hide from yourself. Mm -hmm. So like you can keep trying, but in the end, <laughs> you know, it's so, always going to come back to that. Right. Always. Right. So I feel like, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Something so. that we can all learn from. Everybody can learn mm -hmm. that because we don't feel like we're doing what we're meant to be doing. We feel like something's missing uh, there. It's because there is something missing and we have to keep going at it until we get to that. Yeah. It, it's sad. You feel sad. You feel like, I don't know. Yeah. Where's my person yeah. supposed to come in and help me? My intuitive coach. I didn't, you know, I had to <laughs> like, okay, I'm going to have to figure this out. I have yeah. to look yeah. myself. And there's no accidents though. I mean, it all, you know, when you, I always tell clients when you write out your timeline of everything you've done and experienced, almost always it somehow works and connects the dots and makes you go, oh, I needed to know this, this, and this mm -hmm. to do this, what I'm doing over here. And it, yeah. it usually ends up adding up. At least mm -hmm. I've seen that for 90% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so. for sure. So um, I think that one of the last things we wanted to talk about is, do you guys want to share any bit, any more about your new endeavor? Yeah, <laughs> what go ahead. We're doing. What, what did you say, Kim? Did you say go ahead? I already, I already talked about it. So it's your turn. High vibe soul sister. Oh yeah. Well, this is for, for Kim and I, or I speak for myself, but I'll speak for Kim. Like I often do. Right. <laughs> um, it's really an opportunity. And like, as I said, you know, earlier, I really wanted to help people and I wanted to get to a place where I could connect with as many people as possible. And so in meeting Kim through that serendipity through Instagram, which was just such a bizarre situation and so divine, um, I now have, will have that opportunity to connect with a lot of women and, uh, not only being able to, um, to support them uh, professionally, but personally, spiritually, and um, and creatively, mm -hmm. because I really feel like what we're doing is very different. Now, I've been in the corporate environment. I've done, you know, lots of different things, and this is really um, women. It's it's women who can show their true selves. They don't have to pretend that they're somebody else. Mm -hmm. They don't have to put on a little 
elevator speech and try to sell anything to anybody because we all can see who they are and we want to help everybody. So there is no pretenses. Um, and the other thing too is, you know, women should be supporting other women. There sh it shouldn't be competitive. It should be where we, we lift each other up. And I think that that, um, Kim brings that up a lot in a lot of the things that she puts on like Facebook, uh, Facebook and Instagram about women lifting other women up. And this is really about that is together collectively we're stronger. Um, so we're putting a group together where we support each other. And most of all, we're going to have fun. Like mm -hmm. you're going to have lots of fun and there's going to be lots of laughter. There's going to be, um, workshops. There's going to be mastermind. There's going to be learning, but there's also going to be a lot of social socializing as well. And, and for women to, um, I just want to say the last thing about the group is taking from my experiences being an entrepreneur and doing all these different things, I really want to encourage women, if they have a passion, they have a dream, they have a talent, I want to help bring that out of them and I want them to go after their dreams too. Sometimes they just need a little help doing that. Mm -hmm. so, no, matter, yeah. no matter how old they are. Yeah. Right. right. The older yeah. the better. Yeah. So, so yeah, for those listening, it'll be launching September 14th in Orange County, and we'll have two-day meetings every month for those in other cities as well as Orange County. Even in other countries, we have a Zoom every month that we're going to be meeting globally and virtually, and then we'll start up having some evening meetings and workshops and things as we go along. And so um, I know Skylar has helped us with our website. She does our Talk, Purpose, and Truth website as well. And... Um, Skylar is a great, you guys have heard her on past episodes. She's a great emotional, incredible, relief, really incredible, intuitive healer. Um, and so just check out highvibesoulsisters.com. And then Lisa, how can they find you and um, hire you for a reading? Well, they can um, either go, go to um, thesoulsgifts.com or um, you can email me at lisa at thesoulsgifts.com. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here and everybody Bye. check out. Check out our YouTube videos with her. We did a little more than usual for the YouTube channel, doing the reading with her. And then Missy, who's been on our show a few times, Lisa, Eden, and I are going on a pilgrimage. A <laughs> in a Mount few days. Shasta. Yeah. Yes, in a few days. I can't wait. And uh, so, we'll, we'll come back and tell you guys all about that trip. Yes. Yeah. Totally. So all right. thank well, you, th everyone, for listening. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Talk to you Bye. soon. Bye. Hi, I'm Brad Roth. You know, buying or selling a home is a huge financial decision. And I understand that a real estate agent's most valuable commodity is word of mouth. So here's what some of my clients have to say about me. Brad is super professional. He understands what you want. He does whatever it takes to get the job done. He's like, let's get you what you want. He's a people guy. Yeah, he's, he's great. I trust him 100%. Call Brad. You'll be glad. Thank you for listening to Talk Purpose and Truth podcast. Find out more at talkpurposeandtruth.com. And follow us at Talk Purpose Truth on Instagram and Facebook. <laughs>